Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Ready for the word of God today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we have here to spend with you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, that your precious Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that would be here with us today, O oh Lord God, for your honor and your glory and your praise. Heavenly Father, I give this time and space entirely over to you. Take it where you will. In the master's name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be also glad in it. Amen, amen. Let me just start off by saying, what are you thinking about right now? Okay, just spend a... Spend a few seconds and think about what are you thinking about right now, all right? Then I say to you, what recurring thoughts do you have on a day-to-day -day basis, or for that matter, on an hourly basis? Do you have the same kind of repeating thoughts that no matter how much you try to push them down, they just seem to pop right back up again, you know? What kind of thoughts do you have? What troublesome thoughts do you wind up dwelling on, Okay. Now, when I say dwelling on, I'm talking about do you have some thoughts that you just wind up thinking about, thinking about, and you can't stop, and you, no matter what you try to, to bring into your mind, you still wind up dwelling on those thoughts? What kind of thoughts are they? Okay, are they thoughts of joy, thoughts of doom, thoughts of problems? Right? Well, Proverbs 23, uh, verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what we think about, what we think about, will be evident in our outward attitudes and actions, okay? As we are thinking, so are we. What we're thinking about and dwelling on, it winds up manifesting itself in the way we perform our life, how we go about our lives and our attitudes. This means that our thoughts are nothing to be taken for granted. You know, just don't kind of poo-poo the idea, oh, a thought, I, I don't have to, you know, worry about a thought, a thought is a fleeting thought. Well, you'd be surprised how those even fleeting thoughts can wind up influencing how you behave, okay, and how you're acting. Our perspectives and thoughts hold the power. They hold the power to determine our attitudes today and also our attitudes for tomorrow. Now, fortunately, thank God, we get to choose what our tomorrows look like. We get to choose what our tomorrows look like based on thoughts, one thought and one day at a time, okay, one day at a time. You change your thoughts and you change your world. You change your thought pattern and you change your world, you know. Now, understand that true joy and positive attitude do not come from a, you know, from a problem-free life, you know, it just doesn't happen that way, you know, your positive attitude and joy and whatnot, it does not come from a problem-free life. It comes from a choice to change your thoughts, Okay, it comes from a choice to change your thoughts. So let today, saint of God, let today be the first day of your new optimistic life. Amen. Let today be the first day of your new optimistic life. Let it be the first day of a fresh season of life where you begin giving, living a life of optimism. Okay, instead of seeing the glass as being half full, but seeing it as, uh, I'm sorry, instead of seeing it as half empty, seeing it as half full, okay? Let today be the beginning of a new optimistic life, amen? Today's message, in today's message, okay, we'll be looking at three God-filled strategies that we need to bring into our daily lives if we want to transform our thoughts, feelings, and lifestyles, amen? Amen? One is notice negative thoughts. One is to notice negative thoughts. Two is to reject negative thoughts. And three is to replace negative thoughts. One, notice negative thoughts. Two, reject negative thoughts. Three, replace negative thoughts. 
Okay, and scripture reinforces the importance of these three steps. Amen. So as usual, let's go to the word of God and we stop by start by going to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10. And uh, we want to start go right to verse 36. Okay, Second Corinthians 10. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. Okay, we're going to do 3 to 6. Amen. Second Corinthians 10, verse number 3. And let me just pause for a moment. If you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause, go run and get your Bible, and then come back and join us, amen, so you can read along with us and highlight your Bible and as we go through this service, this message, okay? So, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Do we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshly, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, underline the word strongholds, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so verse number five again, casting down imaginations. Imaginations are thoughts. These are thought patterns. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought in the obedience of Christ. Okay, so we got to cast down those imaginations, those thoughts that would be contrary to, to the word of God. Okay, to what God is telling us about ourselves and about our lives and what is true about life in general. Many times the negative thoughts that we have in our minds are certainly not what the Word of God teaches us. So when those thoughts enter those, enters into those minds, into our minds, we've got to grab that thought and we've got to cast it down. Because verse number three says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? So the way we're going to pull down these strongholds in our lives, okay, the way we're going to pull them down is not through 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 fleshly tools, okay, or, or through tools that man would make available to us. It's going to be through God and through God's process of what God tells us to do in living and managing and managing our lives. Amen. Amen. We all know that it is it is very important to cast down imaginations, but many have no understanding of how to really do it. Okay? Many people do not have an understanding of how to really do it. How do we take our thoughts captive, we say? How do we take our thoughts captive and then change our lives? How does that work? Today we'll be exploring this, and as we move forward in this journey toward renewed optimism and joy in our lives, okay? So we're going to touch on today. If you are ready, okay? If you are ready, if you are ready, then God is ready. Simple as that. If you are ready to partake on this journey, then God is indeed ready to take you along. Okay, God is ready to pull you out of the quicksand of negativity and discouragement and bring you to a place of victory over negative thoughts. Amen? He's ready to do that. Remember, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. And also remember, casting down imaginations. And remember, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And also remember, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Remember those few things. To get started, let's get started here now. Let's discuss thought patterns. Okay. What are thought patterns? Okay. Approximately 95%, approximately 95% of, uh, of our thoughts today are the same repetitive thoughts we thought about yesterday, okay? All right? 
Roughly 95% of the thoughts that you're thinking today are the same old repetitive thoughts that you thought about the day before. Okay? Okay? And to make matters even worse, about 80% of those habitual thoughts are negative ones. Okay? 80% of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the thoughts that you're harboring today and yesterday, about 80% of them are indeed, are indeed uh, uh, negative. Okay? And we don't need that in our lives. Therefore, we have thousands of negative thoughts, thousands of negative thoughts that cycle through our minds day after day after day after day. These negative thoughts going through our minds, they're poisoning our minds. They're, they're poisoning our attitudes and outlooks. One by one, one by one, those thoughts are poisoning us, okay? They're creating, creating negative thinking, lots of negative thinking, and a whole lot of negative self-talk. Self-talk, a lot of negative self-talk, those negative thoughts wind up creating. Amen? If the majority of our thoughts are positive, I say again, if the majority of our thoughts are positive, then we'll feel and be more positive, okay? If the majority of our thoughts are positive, we will think and we will feel and we will be more positive. But if the majority of our self-talk, our thoughts, is negative, then the outcome of our lives will be negative, as simply as, simply as that. If the majority of your thoughts are negative, then the outcome, because don't forget, as a man thinks, so he is. So that means if the majority of your thoughts are negative, then it means your life, the outcome of your life is indeed going to be negative. Okay? Right? See, you have to understand that it's our thoughts that drive our feelings and our happiness, not our circumstances. Okay? Okay? Let me say that again. It's our thoughts that drive our feelings and our happiness, not always our circumstances. It's how we're thinking that drives the, drives the outcomes, the positive outcomes, which result in happiness in our lives. It's our thoughts. So please understand that, that we're not talking about secular positive thinking here, you know, and, and, and secular you know, techniques that are taught in secular uh, of you know, courses and, and seminars and things like that. We're not talking about, you know, positive thinking. There's all, all sorts of books, you know, Seven Ways to Positive Thinking or whatever that, that title of that book used to be that was so popular. We're not talking about that. We're talking about God-based, God-based realities and God-based techniques about tearing down those strongholds. Amen? Amen? We're discussing sound, biblically-based concepts of the impact of negative thinking on our lives. It's simple as simple as that. If our thoughts are negative, if our thoughts are negative, then our feelings and actions will be negative as well, okay? And together, these things can lead to a negative life, okay? Lacking peace, of, peace and joy, all right? If we have these negative thoughts that are constantly nagging at us, then these things are, are, are just chipping away, chipping away at us living uh, a positive, joyful life the way God intended it to be, amen, amen? So we can't let these, let these negative thoughts be in control of what we're doing, all right? Okay, if we spend time, if we spend time thinking about what other people think about us, okay, another, another aspect of this is that if we spend time thinking about what other people think about us, we will feel like we don't measure up, okay, we'll start feeling that, that like we don't have this, this confidence, your confidence will begin lacking. If you start worrying about it, thinking about what other people think about you, okay? You'll start, you'll develop a lack of confidence in, in, in who you are, okay? And who you are in God, even more importantly. And the fact that you belong to God. So we can't be dwelling on and thinking about what other people are possibly thinking about us, okay? If we constantly think about our past mistakes, this is a, 
this is a biggie for so many Christians. It's a biggie for so many Christians. If we constantly think about our, our past mistakes rather than accepting God's forgiveness and mercy, we will feel, we will feel, we will feel unforgivable. We will feel unlovable and live a life disconnected from the love of God. Okay. All right. So, so if we start thinking about that and we constantly, you know, your past is your past. God has moved you on from that. All right. God said, once you came to him, once you gave yourself to Jesus Christ and asked him to be your Lord and Savior, you know, all things are made, all things are passed away, old things are passed away, and things are made new. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus, okay? So don't go thinking about your past mistakes. We've all had mistakes before. We've all had a past. Everyone has a story, you know? We all have a past that we would, would rather forget. So that's exactly what you need to do. Forget about it and move on. Don't be dwelling on the mistakes that you made in the past. Amen? Amen? We oftentimes, we let critical words, you know, things things that, that, that were said to us as children, you know, or, or, or rejection or, or hurtful actions, you know, of, of a spouse, you know, a loved one, you know, things that they did to you, those things that hurt you in, in, in a deep way, you know, a loved one, a friend, you know, we let those things that they did dwell in our thoughts, and then they wind up defining how we think about ourselves. Okay, because someone hurt you or said something to you that really cut to the quick, you know, and made you feel all so bad, you wind up dwelling on that, and it makes you walk away with a negative uh, sense, a negative sense of your being, of, of your worth, okay? You wind up feeling like a worthless person that is incapable of living out God's intended purpose, okay? So you can't be dwelling on those things that someone said to you, okay? We need to plead the blood of Jesus over our minds and wash that away and say, no way am I going to keep thinking just because so-and-so said so-and-so to me or so-and-so about me. You can't be dwelling on that, okay? It's your thinking about yourself that can impact how you uh, respect yourself, okay? And you wind up forgetting who you are in Christ Jesus, okay? God does not view you the way someone uh, else may be viewing you, or, you know, especially someone who may, may be envious of you or whatever else that's going on. So you can't go taking their words to the bank, you know, and making that impact how you feel about yourself. Amen. Amen. You, you, you can't, you have to remember who God said you are and what God said he has done for your life. You can't be focusing on appearances and what others are saying. Amen. Amen. And with that, as a matter of fact, why don't we go to Numbers 13, Numbers 13, verse number 1, Numbers 13, verse number 1, Numbers 13, verse number 1, praise the living God, okay, and we're going to read Numbers, numbers 13 in, in two, two parts here, okay, because I want to make a driver point home, but we'll start with the opening verses here, uh, verse 13, I'm sorry, Numbers 13, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send our men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I have given to the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Okay? So Moses is giving direction here that they will send men to search the land of Canaan. Okay? And the following verses, verse 3 and all the way down, it talks about the people who are going to go. It says, verse number 3, Moses by the commandment of the Lord, sent from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel, and these were the names of the tribe of Reuben, and so on. So it goes forth to mention all of the names of the men that they were going to send. Then we move forward, because they went up and they, they viewed the land, they viewed the land, and we uh, go to verse number 26. Okay, we go to verse number 26 now. And they went and came to Moses, 
and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought, and brought back word unto them, and unto the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto, unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell the land. And this is their assessment, their report back. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea. Okay, dwell by the sea. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up and once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men, but, 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 verse number 31, but the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Okay, now, God had said before, in, in verse number 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send down men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Okay? Which I give unto the children of Israel. So God says, to Go search out this land that he's given to Israel. It's a done deal in God's mind. Okay? He says it's a done deal. Okay? He said to go and search out the land that I give to the children of Israel. Okay, so then when they go up and search, and then they come back and ask, Caleb says in verse number 30, Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But however, in verse 31, all of a sudden, the men that went to check out the land, like God said he was going to give it to them, and Caleb is with that. Caleb is on board in verse 30, because he's saying, let's go up and take the land and overcome it. But then it says in 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, God said that, they, that, that he had given them the land. So why do they go search out the land and then come back and say, we're not going to be able to do it? God said it's a done deal. That's like us in our lives, you know, we, God will say that I have done so-and-so for you, it's a done deal. And then all of a sudden we come back and say, uh-oh, I can't accomplish that because it's too hard for me. I'm not able, I'm not qualified, okay? I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, you know? I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not, you know, they are greater than me. The situation that you said, Lord, you've given to me, that you've conquered for me, the situation that you said is done with and over with and I'm on going to be in smooth sailing, then we're coming back and say, wait a minute, though, the situation is stronger than I, you know, God? So you're, you're negating what God said he's already done for you, Amen. So then we see in verse number 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that, is, um, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the peoples uh, that we saw in it are men of great stature. So now they're, they're quaking in their boots. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which, some, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight, get this now, and we were in our own sight, we were in our own sight, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight, okay? And so we were in their sight, okay? Now, this is how they viewed themselves. This is what they thought of themselves, okay? This is their assessment of themselves based on their thing, what they observed, what they saw. They're forgetting about what God said he had done. God said, I've given you this land. They forgot all about that, okay? okay? They're not trusting God, but they're going there and using their own evaluation. They're saying, they're saying um, how, what were the words there? And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. 
How do they know that's how they saw them? How do they know? Okay, how do they, these people that are trembling in their boots, how do they know that the giants of Anak saw them as grasshoppers? Okay, so here we see how, 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 how you can wind up not, um, not giving credence, not accepting, not believing God when God said that he's done something for you. And you wind up thinking of yourself as being, being less than capable, okay? Being less than capable. It goes all your thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Amen? Amen? Amen. And, and, and so we see it that, that you need to understand that, that our thoughts, our thoughts turn into feelings that can easily take control of our lives and steer us in a direction that we do not want to go. Okay? Our thoughts can take control of our lives and have us go in a direction that we don't want to go. God said, it's done. I've taken care of you. I've done this. I've done that. But yes, so because of our thoughts, we wind up not going where God would want us to go. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay? Our feelings can be persistent. Our feelings. Our feelings can be persistent and constantly whispering, whispering to gain dominion over our actions. So how we feel about a situation can wind up taking authority over, over your actions, okay? And, and will guide how you wind up doing things. Will guide how you wind up going with God or doing what God told you to do, you know? Or, or guide you into doing what God did not tell you to do. Amen? Amen? So, 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 so you see, we have to make sure that we don't let those feelings just constantly be whispering in our ear and wind up gaining dominion over our actions. Those, those, those feelings, those feelings, they, they, they can create, they can create our destiny, if we're not careful. They can create our destiny, either good or bad, because whatever we are dwelling on in our minds is what will play out in our lives, okay? Whatever we are dwelling on in our minds, that is what will play out in our lives. Whatever we are dwelling on in our minds, that is what will play out in our lives. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Okay. So again, please understand that it is it is usually our thoughts, not our circumstances or life conditions that cause us to sink. Okay. All right. Okay. It doesn't matter whether you're right now not working because of this COVID stuff. Your business may be, you know, you know, really struggling and so on like that. But it's how you're thinking that will wind up uh, uh, dictating your life conditions. Okay. Not your circumstances. All right. Okay, okay. Because it's how you're thinking that will wind up holding you back or not hearing the voice of God, not being able to do what God is calling you to do. What you're dwelling on, what you're dwelling on, if you're dwelling on failure, then you're not going to be able to move forward with God to do what he's calling you to do. Amen? So it's as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And that can wind up guiding your, your, your actions and will therefore wind up causing you to sink. Okay? What caused you to sink? This is such an, an important spiritual truth to get into our minds. You know, it's an important spiritual truth, so mark that down. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Okay? What we think about becomes who we are. What we think about becomes who we are. This reminds us to, to not think as the world or don't think the way the unbeliever thinks. Okay? We're, we're children of God, so therefore we aren't guided by the same set of rules as an unbeliever is guided by. Okay? The unbeliever is guided by either no rules or he's guided, uh, guided by rules that would come from the evil one. Okay? It would come from the devil himself or some minions, the demonic minions that are, are involved in his or her life. Okay? So we cannot let our thoughts and our feelings wind up guiding our decisions okay? and our thinking. 
We need to wind up doing what God is telling us to do. So therefore, we cannot think the way the world thinks or as the unbelievable things. Amen. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, and starting right at verse number 1. Romans 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? Acceptable, good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? Be not conformed, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? Acceptable will of God. So we have to we have to make sure that our minds are being trans are being transformed. We can't wind up thinking the way the way the unbeliever thinks. You know, the unbeliever bases his decisions and bases his life on a whole set of things that are are um, are outside of outside of God's um, uh, uh, God's will for our lives. Okay, the unbeliever simply cannot think the way we think. It's as simple as that. First of all, the unbeliever doesn't have Holy Spirit, unbeliever doesn't have Lord Jesus, and they don't believe in God the Father. Okay, so therefore their thought pattern will not be like ours. So therefore we can't make decisions the way the way an unbeliever does. Okay, okay. Things in the world, the way they happen, you know, something I don't know, something happens in, in the workplace there and maybe someone fires off an email or a text about you and so forth. And the way the world would, would respond would be an email or a text in the same manner, you know, just as vicious or whatever it may be. Okay, whereas we pray about what, how we would respond to something like that and the Holy Spirit will guide us. Holy Spirit will guide us the words to say, you know, the words to type and the words to put in. Or the Holy Spirit may guide us not to respond at all. Okay, and you may say to yourself, well, that doesn't make sense. So-and-so said to me, you know, A, B, C, D, whatnot. I need to be able to say to that person, E, F, G, and so on, like that, and really read the right act back to them. And so, no, 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 that's not how God would have us to act. Amen. So we can't be conformed to the way uh, on, on the, the world is, the way the world thinks, you know? you know. And one good illustration of that is uh, when, uh, in the uh, events of David and Goliath. You know, when King Saul gave uh, uh, David um, this armor to put on, you know, uh, and said, okay, here's the armor that you need to go and fight Goliath, to overcome that Goliath. You know, and David put on all this armor, and it just didn't fit him right. He was a shepherd boy. He was not a military person. He was not a soldier. So he put on all of this armor to him on himself, and, and, it, and it was too big. It didn't feel right. It was probably heavy, you know. But Saul was giving him the weapons of the world, okay? Saul was giving him the weapons based on what he knew. He knew as a king, okay, because he was a military king, as a military person, all right, so he gave him this armor to help him, okay, but that's the way a soldier, a person of quote-unquote the world would respond, but David put it on, and the Bible says, and he tried and tried, and said, no, 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 this is not for me, and he took it off, he took it off, all he went on with was a sling. He said, I will take this, this staff and go for it, and a sling, okay, and with a rock I shall overcome him. And he said, that's exactly what he did, okay. And he, David also said that I go in faith, knowing that God will have me to overcome this man, okay. This giant of a man will be, will be overcome by, by the one and only true God, amen. So he didn't, the point I'm making is that he didn't use the normal ways of the world, which would have been the armor. 
he used God's approach to overcome this Goliath. Okay, so it's the same way as we cannot be conformed to this world. We cannot respond to things. We cannot take actions the same way someone living in the world that does not know God would respond. Amen. 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 So we have to remember that we have to, to transform our mind and not be conformed, you know, and that's so easy to do. Again, I say something happens in your life and right away you want to respond in like fashion. No, hold off. Hold off. Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me say? You know, and let the Lord speak to you and guide your actions. Okay. If we go to uh, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs here, Proverbs uh, 4, Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4 and starting with verse number 20, Proverbs 4, verse number 20, okay? My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying, okay, remember I say incline thine ear. So listen, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay? Out of it are the issues of life. Okay? So we got to keep our hearts, we got to keep our spirits, we got to keep the way we think about things because this is what generates the, uh, um, this is what generates the issues that are in our lives, okay? This is, this is what winds up impacting us, all right? We need to, to remember that we have to put on the helmet of salvation that protects our minds as stated in Ephesians 6, okay? As stated in Ephesians 6. As a matter of fact, why don't we go there real quickly? Go to the book of Ephesians. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6. So these pages are getting thinner and thinner, it feels. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the armor of God. Ephesians 6. And we see that starting with verse number 11. Finally, my brethren, I'm sorry, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means stand, not collapse, not fold. That we'd be able to stand against the tricks, the trickery of the devil. You know, wiles is trickery. You know, the devil, the devil oftentimes, more often than not, does not come on you full bore, full front. There's always a scheme, there's always some devious way that he's using to get into your mind, to get into your heart, okay? To, 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 to guide your life, to, to, to make you make decisions that would not be of God, okay? So he's a wily character, okay? Okay, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, okay? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places this is who we're wrestling with okay your boss is not the problem your next door neighbor who's giving you a hard time is not the problem okay that that family member who's giving you a problem that that person that flesh and blood person is not the problem it's the, the spiritual darkness that would be guiding that person guiding that person's thoughts and actions that would be coming against you and this is who this is who we're wrestling with those the, the, those powers in in dark places okay and the word wrestle by the way it implies close hand combat 
Okay, it doesn't mean off from a distance where you're like throwing things at each other or shooting at each other. Wrestling with means that this is close combat, okay, where the devil is wrestling with you for your thoughts, to, to grab your thoughts into actions and to influence you into doing things, okay? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It's not the human being we're wrestling with. It's the spiritual wickedness in high places, okay, that's coming against us. All right, so verse number 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That evil day is whenever you are being attacked. That evil day is whenever you are wrestling with something. That evil day is whenever you are going through a hard time, whether it be infirmity, whether it be sickness, whether it be financial lack, whatever is going on in your life, in that evil day where something is coming against you to destroy you and to influence your thoughts and your actions and whatnot, it says put on that armor of God so, so that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done all to stand. Okay? To stand is exactly that. Plant your two feet and you stand. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against every single spirit of darkness right now who will be trying to, to hinder my development and growth in Lord Jesus, who is trying to, 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 to hinder my success in this program, who are trying to, to hinder my success in getting that, 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 that bank account fattened to, to overcome the sickness in my body. I stand in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you, every single spirit of darkness, because you have no place here. Greater is he that is in me the Holy Spirit of the living God that's in me, then you, foul spirit, that would be in this world in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. So you can stand and not waffle. So you can stand and not become weak in the name of Jesus. Wherefore, 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That evil day, again, could be right now. It could be a moment from now. You know, it could be something happened 10 minutes ago. That evil day could be whatever situation you are in right now. Where, where, where you are having difficulty in standing, where you're having difficulty in, 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 in surviving and making a decision, in being victorious, whatever that situation is, okay? Hang on to that right now. Put on the whole armor of God. Verse 14, stand. Again, that word stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. The truth is the word of God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, amen. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel means good news, but the good news of peace. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. So the enemy there being wild and everything, now he's shooting at you, he's saying that he's shooting these fiery darts at you, and he's saying, so then take the shield of faith. That shield of faith is saying that whatever you fire at me, Satan, Whatever you fire at me, spirit of infirmity, whatever you fire at me, spirit of fear, whatever you fire at me, I've got this shield of faith because the word of God says that by his stripes I am healed. By the word of God says that, that I, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have that faith that what God says in his word is true. And that's that shield that you hold up in front of you to quench those fiery darts that the enemy is trying to fire at you right now, to, to, to deceive your thinking, to change your thoughts, to make you fearful, to make you worry about whether or not you're going to be able to succeed, that you may be able to stand, hallelujah, you may be able to stand. Taking the shield of faith, 16, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The helmet in the Romans, Romans uh, armor was the last thing that they put on. Of course, the helmet protected the head. Okay? 
If a Roman soldier in battle, if he was hitting the arm, you know, hitting the leg, even hitting the chest and whatnot, he could probably survive. But the chances were much, much slimmer if his head was hurt and damaged, seriously damaged, because the head obviously controls the body. So the Roman's helmet, the Roman soldier's uh, a helmet, was a very, very important thing. So this helmet of salvation is the salvation that you have as a believer, okay? As a believer in Christ Jesus, as one who has accepted Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior and given you that salvation. The helmet of salvation that is on you, place that upon your head because that's where your thoughts are. That's where your thoughts are. That's where your thoughts are. Okay, so put on that part of the armor of God, that helmet of salvation on your head to protect you from those thoughts, to protect you from, from those attacks that the enemy would try to plant in your mind, to protect your thinking, so that the enemy can't come in and plant lies, because that's the way the enemy gets over on us. He tells us lies. He tells us lies against the word of God. He tells us lies that are contrary to the word of God. Put on that helmet of salvation to protect your mind. Amen. Amen. Don't let it get through. Don't let it get through. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So therefore, the, the devil knows that. The devil knows what that scripture says and what it means. So as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if he can get to your thinking and thinking and thinking and pervert your thinking, then he can change your life. He can change your decisions. He can change how you act and how you behave and how you feel. So put on that helmet of salvation. Amen. 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 And then it says there, above all, taking the shield of faith, with you, all the fiery dust of the uh, wicked. 17 again. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now the sword of the spirit, out of all of this armor, that is the only part of the armor that is offensive. All the other parts of armor are defensive, where we defend ourselves, okay? The helmet, the shield, and so forth like that, the breastplate, okay? But the sword of the Spirit, that's it, that is offensive. And we need to know the Word of God so that we can wield that sword against the enemy effectively when he comes against us, amen? When Jesus was taken into the wilderness there, was being tempted by the devil, what did he do? Each of those three times that the devil said something to him, Jesus hit him with the Word of God. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Hit the devil with the word of God. And then that third time it says that the devil fleed, fled. He left. He left, okay? So you got to know the word of God in order to wield that sword of the spirit. You've got to be able to know the word of God in order to wield it so that when that devil starts planting thoughts in your life, when, in, your, in your mind, when that devil starts lying to you, that you can counter that thought with the word of God. Amen? Amen? Counter with the word of God. Amen? God has not given me that spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So therefore, I will not believe you, spirit of fear. I will not believe you, Satan. I will not, I will not fail. I will succeed. I will succeed. Amen? 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 So it's very, very, very important, saint of God, that we understand exactly what the word of God is saying to us so that we can be victorious and be able to overcome in these times that we're in. We're in some very, very challenging times, saints of God. Very challenging times. We don't know where things are going to be. God is in charge and God is taking us and leading us, this nation, the rest of the world, exactly where he wants it to go. You know, for right now, it may seem like we're in, a, in, a, in just a, in a turmoil. We don't know what's going on. All sorts of decisions are changing left and right, but God's decisions haven't changed at all. 
And God knows what his plan is for you. And his plan for you is success. Okay? His plan for you is success. But you've got to believe that. You've got to keep that into your thinking. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All right? Okay? We've got to replace those negative thoughts. And here are three simple steps that can be useful uh, in, in your life to manage your thought life. Okay? Number one is to notice those negative thoughts. Notice them. And ask God to expose each negative thought that you have. You can take authority over your negative thoughts when you notice the ones that you've allowed in okay, and begin to recognize the thinking patterns that have developed in your mind over time. Okay? All right? so, so ask God. Expose those negative thoughts that you're thinking about. God will show you the way your thinking is not in line with his words. Noticing and capturing the thoughts that have kept you bound is the first step in this transformation, in this renewing of your mind. Amen. And once those thoughts have been noticed, then you've got to reject the negative thoughts. After you notice that negative thought, you have the power to reject it. Refuse to entertain that thought. Don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on it. Okay? Don't dwell on it in your mind and don't let it be spoken from your lips. Amen? Don't dwell on it in your mind and don't let it be spoken from your lips. Reject any thought that lies about who you are, about who others are, or who God is even. Okay? Reject those thoughts. Don't entertain them. Don't dwell on them. If what you're thinking about doesn't line up with Scripture, if what you're thinking about doesn't line up with God's Word, then it's simply not true. It's as simple as that. Amen? Amen? Toss out any thoughts that makes you feel hopeless, makes you feel worried or afraid. When you're tempted to complain, blame, you know, or shame, use the power of God. Okay? Use the power of God. That, that God has given you to refrain from doing exactly that. Amen. God has given you the power to toss out those thoughts. You don't have to entertain them. Pull them down. Think about something else more, more positive. Think about what the Word of God says about you. How much God loves you. How much God says he, He'll care for you. How God said that He is not a man that He should lie. Amen. Amen. And that His Word shall not return unto Him void. So think on those things. Because what God is telling you about yourself is indeed true. It's indeed true. When you reject negative thoughts, they lose their power over you. When you reject that negative thought, that thought loses its power over you. Then you've got to replace the negative thought. Okay? Each time you kill a negative thought that's been exposed, replace it with a thought that is more true and in accordance with God's word. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These are the things we should be thinking of. Not those negative thoughts that the devil tries to throw our way. Not those negative thoughts of failure, those negative thoughts of sickness, those negative thoughts of, of, of lack. None of those things, okay? Think about the things that appear that God says that, God says that I own, I'm the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills and, 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 and you are his son, so therefore you have access to what God has. Okay? You have access to what God has in store for you. You have access to what God has already done for you, even though maybe it hasn't manifested itself yet in the natural, in the real world yet. But God has done it. Just like he told, told uh, Israel back there to, to go and view the land that I have given you. It's a done deal. We just have to wait sometimes and keep our faith in God and trust in God for those things to materialize in, to, to materialize in our lives. 
For example, notice the negative thought, I'm not going to succeed. You know, that's a very popular negative thought, I'm not going to succeed. When you come against that thought, you counter that thought with, God loves me and wants the best for me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Matter of fact, say that right now. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen, amen, amen. Say it and mean it. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the living God. The act of replacing thoughts may feel kind of awkward at times. You know, in the beginning here, it may feel, feel kind of forced. Because your brain might not be used to claiming and announcing the truth of God's word. It takes a little work sometimes. It takes a little practice. Okay, okay. But what I'm saying is based on what the word of God is saying. Okay, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if God is telling us that, then he's warning us that as we're thinking in our heart, we're believing deep, deep down inside, then that's going to result in how you live your life will manifest in your thinking and the way that you conduct your life in doing whatever God has called you to do. Amen, amen, amen. But as you continue, even though right now it may seem a little awkward for you to start doing that, but as you continue doing that, to choose, to choose what is the most true, which is God's word, your brain begins to form new neural pathways that strengthen God's Holy Spirit renewal and transformation of your mind. Okay, as you continue to do this, then your mind starts forming new, literally new neural pathways. Your brain, you, you, you wind up rewiring your brain here because you're changing your thought pattern. You're not believing the same old, same old, same old that the devil has told you for so many years. You're rewiring your brain and you're changing it, okay? So like I said, in the, little beginning, in the beginning, it may seem a little awkward, but you keep on doing that. Keep pulling down those negative thoughts and replacing it with the Word of God. Don't even, don't even entertain them. The minute that thought comes into your mind's eye and you picture it, just push it aside and think about what God said. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen, amen, amen. And lastly, after you've identified a negative thought, give it to God and don't dwell on it again. Okay? You identified a negative thought, give it to God and don't think about it again. Don't dwell on it. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This also works with negative thoughts. Okay? Cast it on God. Cast all your anxieties. Let me reword it. Cast all your negative thoughts on God because he cares for you. Okay? You're not in this battle by yourself, saints of God. You're not in this battle by yourself at all. The Lord God, Jehovah, the most powerful, the only powerful God of this universe, of all that is, seen and unseen, is your loving Father, and he loves you, and he wants you to succeed. So cast your cares and your thoughts on him. Amen. Psalm 37 says, cast your cares and wait upon the Lord. Okay, then say, I don't care. In other words, I'm not going to carry this care. This cast on the Lord. The Lord has bold shoulders. Amen. He's telling us to give it to him. Okay. He has bold and broad shoulders. The Lord is telling us to give it to him. So give it to him. Give it to him. And the most important is after you give it to him, don't take it back. Don't take it back again and start thinking about it, start worrying about it and carrying that burden all over again. Once you've given it to God, give it to him and leave it with him. Okay. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So therefore, Lord, I'm giving this to you. Okay, Isaiah 40, uh, 12 says, the 12 to 31 there, I'm not going to go to the whole thing there, but basically it's saying, wait on the Lord, mount up with wings as eagles. If you, if you understand all of this and know who God is, you can simply say that I don't care. Wait on the Lord and just simply give it to God. Simply give it to God. 
God wants the best for you. He does not wish to see you struggling. He does not wish to see you going through things with a, a, a long, your head bowed down and with a long face and, and your heart beating rapidly because you're so, so pumped up with a whole lot of anxieties. God wants you to be at peace. God wants you to be at peace. God wants you to be at peace. So hang on to these words and remember that as you think in your heart, so you are. Amen. Amen. Put on that helmet of salvation to protect your mind, to protect your thoughts. Amen. Amen. It is not God's will for you to be dragging through, dragging through with your head hung low. Amen. He wants to be victorious and know that you're victorious. Know that you're his son or daughter and he loves you. He loves you deeply and does not want to see you struggling. Amen. Amen. Praise the living God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please pass it on to someone else that you know. Amen. We can be found at www.genesis1, one word, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that, and then you'll be notified whenever there are new podcasts that are available for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let us go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God. And we pray that we shall keep these words deeply, deeply rooted within our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away, O Lord God. Help us always to guard our thoughts, O Lord God, and remember, O Lord God, that as we think in our heart, then so we are, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray that you will always minister to us in your own special way. Speak to us. Guide us, help us to pull down these thoughts, O oh Lord God, and focus more on you and to trust you, Lord God, with our lives, O oh Lord. We praise you, Lord. We magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed, okay? And always remember that Jesus is Lord.